Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed, and welcome, you guys. Happy Friday. Hope you guys are doing well and staying safe, and hope you guys are finding the little joys in every day in each moment of every day. Um, This week, uh, this month, I should say, on Passion Project, we are doing Mental Health Advocacy and Awareness Month. We are shouting out and praising some of our wonderful mental health workers in the field. I do want to let you guys know if you or someone else you know is struggling with mental health issues, um, I'm going to provide some links down below and some hotlines if you guys want to call as well to get reach out and get some health um, making space and time for your mental health is so important that's what we'll be talking about this month um, so I hope you guys take advantage of those resources as well this week on passion project we have another wonderful guest guys it's tim jones on the podcast this week his daughter previously on a podcast on the show episode 19 if you want to check that out tim jones is a licensed professional counselor he's been working in the field for over 20 years working with all ages i'm excited for you guys to hear all about his journey and his story into um, working in the mental health space and how he um, sees working with clients and, and kind of his technique into counseling. So without further ado, here is episode 65 with Tim Jones of Passion Project. Well, we'll we'll get right into it. I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, Tim Jones, welcome to Passion Project. Welcome to the show. Um, I pre- we were talking like I appreciate you taking out the time. It's gonna be we're gonna have a great discussion. I I think. Um, and for those that don't, for those that don't know, or for those that do know, I mean, we've had your daughter Rachel on the show. Uh, episode 19 if you haven't go back and listen to it after you're done I mean she's just truly I've known her for over like 10 years which is kind of crazy yeah right (laughs) it's crazy oh my goodness and uh truly one of the best people I've ever you you raised a wonderful human so well thank you her her, her mother for the big part of that certainly you know (laughs) The big joke, you know, I got, I was in grad school when, when my wife got pregnant with her and she was mm-hmm. at another year of school and Rachel was one. And the big joke was, if she's on Oprah, make sure it's not about you. Right. <laughs> that was the. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I bet. So we've. I guess I Oprah was Oprah. on at the time when. It, yeah, that was a long. This is, <laughs> right, 20, 26 years ago. 25 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. 26. Yeah. Right. I know. Right now, I guess it would be like nobody knows who Oprah is anymore. A YouTube series? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh man. Well, she got. I mean, again, go back and listen. Yeah. Rachel is doing great and wonderful things. Even some different things now. You know, mm-hmm. for when right. we when we uh, recorded that. So it's fun to kind of see. Right. That was a yeah. I listened to that last last August. I think. Last yeah, yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah. So. Was by. Fun, fun things. Yeah. Well. Tim is do you I'm sure you just go by Tim but never is it like Tim Tim, did you ever get Timmy or (laughs) oh yeah Timmy Timmer Timbo Timbo yeah 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 yeah. I mean I got Tyler a lot growing up like Tyler was (laughs) yeah (laughs) I get called Jeff a lot which is my well not as much anymore it wasn't my brother's name which doesn't sound anything like Tim but little Jeff see he I mean you know Heath like where that those are very different names so I never really got that. Well, uh, Tim's been in, in the mental health field. Is it, I guess it would be about 20, over 20 years now? Yeah, close to 30, actually, since 82. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's I mean, awesome. Yeah, ni- 92, not 82. 92. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that's, and it's so, uh, you've probably seen a lot of changes and a lot of changes in the in the whole field as a whole but also in just the clientele maybe you see and and all of that so i'm excited to get into all of that for sure yeah Um, and all the things you've uh you know all the facets you've worked in but it's funny no being friends with your daughter i think well you know we 
know each other peripherally it's not like i'm friends with all my friends parents all right (laughs) (laughs) but tell me like because i like to get into you know background Mm -hmm. on people and everything on the show but where did you grow up tell me like where are you from tell me all the things i grew up in chesterfield yeah okay different places a couple of times but i grew up in chesterfield actually so okay uh, about 25 minutes from where i live now Mm -hmm. so um Pretty yeah, much played uh, there your whole life. Ever? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. My, right. Yeah, yeah. My, my mother still lives in the house that they built when I was two. Uh, wow, that's a long time. Yeah, uh, she kind of rattles around like a mm. marble and a gallon jug in it, but because uh, <laughs> she's not, uh, she doesn't use much of it uh, at ninety-one and a half. Mm. But but yeah, so I, I uh, grew up like a one brother who's uh, older than I am. Uh, he lives about a mile from me now. We both live in Midlothian, so. Okay. Okay. So do you, did you ever get a sense though of, cause I have talked to a lot of people from Richmond and from that area, of course, cause that's where I grew up too. But of, did you ever get a sense for yourself of like wanting to get out and wanting, I mean, now obviously you're there, but did you ever want to leave and experience other things or you just, you like being kind of. Well, I moved to Nashville know? a couple of times okay. as a struggling artist. Uh, <laughs> emphasis on the struggle uh and that was great i learned a lot about myself mm. um you know music is uh, uh certainly uh part of my life or at least to be a lot more part of my life but w- mm. wasn't my livelihood so uh, i actually left nashville and came back to go to graduate school uh okay. all those many years ago so so i was there a couple of different times um not for any great length of time several months the last time i was there mm-hmm. But that was my first, uh, that was my first uh, real passion, I think, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to relate to people that way, music. And uh, so. Was that something like you just kind of found at an early age and you connected with music or were your parents musical or what was that like? Uh, it was, uh, my parents were a little bit musical, but my, my mother, maybe my mother's side of the family, but mm-hmm. my, my father, not so much at all, but it was just something that I uh, just um, kind of been part of who i am ever since i can remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's yeah. uh, still a big part of my life uh, yeah. in regard to listening to music you know almost non-stop from the time i'm awake till the time i go to sleep <laughs> so, <laughs> that's awesome that's, uh, yeah, that's sure. i'll ask you about something about that in a minute but what, tell me yeah. what kind of you remember like reflecting on growing up because i, I assume this is like the 70s and 80s you kind of grew up mm-hmm. um in that kind of time period, because for me, of, of course, being born in the late 90s, the same year probably that Rachel was um, born, they, it's just so, it's just such a different time to think about, like, before, even because we grew up kind of with the internet, but more so, yeah. you know, we definitely grew up with cell phones and all of that. But right. I don't know, describe what when you think about like growing up in, you know, the 70s and 80s, like it's just such it's for me, it's hard to think about because it's so different. And things have so well, much for, for, for me, it's hard to remember. <laughs> no, I well, certainly I had uh, was fortunate enough to grow up in a, in a nice neighborhood, right? And mm-hmm. in a neighborhood where I had a lot of a lot of friends. So we hung out together. But yeah, I'm grateful that there wasn't uh, might have been good for homework, but it, I'm grateful that there weren't. There wasn't the internet or video games. Uh, there right. were a few, lot fewer. There were a lot fewer distractions. That meant, and I think that that was um, a very good thing, right? I mean, the technology is great, and the, and the access to information is wonderful. But uh, I think there was a lot, a lot less distraction uh, mm. in, in regard to, uh, uh, it, and I think more um, maybe a greater sense of. I, I don't know. I think that that kind of distraction. And can lead to isolation too, right? Mm. People stuck with too much on their phone or on their on Facebook all day long, whatever. Right. I mean, I see a lot. Of, I see a lot of that. Uh, there's a less a different kind of socialization, which I don't. Uh, I don't sound like an old man, but I don't believe this is healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Often, well, it's interesting. You know. Like literally, what we're doing right now is we're on Zoom. Like mm-hmm. this would not be possible 20 years ago. No. Right, right. This, and even that right. to me. I mean, I was like five 20 years ago, so, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I grew up as a kid, you know, there was a Disney movie on Sunday night at whatever time it was. And, mm-hmm. and if you didn't, and if you missed it, you, you don't have to wait, yep. I don't know, never until next year. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next yeah. year or whenever. <laughs> right. Know, so this idea of watching a movie in the car or, you know, 
or even talking on the phone in the car and that you know in a way do you think people kind of cherish things more a little bit like things like Back that then? yeah mm-hmm. or, well I, uh, I, I, maybe so i really it's kind of hard to like you were saying it's kind of even for me it's hard to i remember but mm-hmm. it, but it's it's kind of like riding a bike right you, you remember when you couldn't if you can remember that right. car but but you don't remember what it felt like mm-hmm. you can still you know i don't yeah like driving i don't remember what it's like not to drive i mean right. i've been driving for 40 years so <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's interesting i don't remember the last time i even rode a bike so <laughs> but i'm sure you can remember i'm sure that's you will you get on it right that's true it's it's muscle memory i guess yeah. uh right. <laughs> well i don't know i find it fascinating so you kind of grew up i guess chesterfield to me feels like suburb area at least where even where i grew up it was yeah, yeah. so chesterfield is huge it's a huge county yeah yeah really there's big. there's many different facets to it and parts yeah. to it but um what what do you remember just growing up like being even just growing up in the south like there's a specific um you know there's different places in the south of course but i have people you know people from georgia and they're like oh virginia is not the south but (laughs) but i don't know do you what do you remember just growing up in this kind of very specific place in the country like kind of culturally that you remember Oh, that's a good question. Um, certainly, I, I mean, in regard to my own specific experiences, a lot mm-hmm. of well, certainly a lot of family-related things. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as far as the, um, uh, I, I certainly I, my I guess my exposure to other cultures is certainly limited, right? Mm-hmm. However, I have I have a, a very dear friend who's been a friend well since third grade who came over from Egypt when he was five years old wow. and he's been a fast friend of mine for mm-hmm. years. So, and I experienced, and I, and, and his, uh, his family and being part of his family since, uh, and, and all the events, which was quite a different experience since mm-hmm. the time I was nine, 10 years old, right. Get broadened my perspective, certainly. Uh, which is not a very, I mean, again, that, that was a little, less cultural, mm-hmm. <laughs> back then than mm-hmm. it is now, I think. You know, right. So, so there was much more narrowed, well, it's just, it, it was, the, the opportunities weren't there. Mm. That's why travel, I think, is so wonderful and so good. Yeah. Is So you met him in or, third grade, you said? I think, so, yes. Yeah. So was that, in? if you can remember, I don't know, is that when you kind of realized, oh, I guess the world is bigger than Richmond? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. It was his father was a devout Muslim, still is, you mm. know. So I mean, that yeah. was a different experience, certainly. Mm. Yeah. Than the Methodist church I grew up in, mm-hmm. right? And you know what you might have heard about all that back then, and maybe even today. Right. How much was even Sorry. spoken? Of, like, yeah. No, right. Yeah. 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 So interesting. That's so cool. And you're still friends with him now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't see any. I don't see any of those old friends. I've got a lot of friends that I've had since kind of, since since. Since at least elementary school, now they're scattered here, mm-hmm. yeah, and there, yeah. A couple of them are in Virginia, and one in Midlothian in particular, but the other ones are mm. different states usually. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Even with social media that granted us is that you can catch up with yeah. people that very true. Yeah. You, you wouldn't hardly ever see. like you said if you made a friend in third grade and they moved away, you probably never saw them. So yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> right. 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 So interesting. Um, well, tell me about like, I love talking about sibling dynamics too. Cause like you said, you have a brother, it's just you and your brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's seven years older than I am. So oh, okay. I kind of, I kind of was raised, you know, really like an only child in lots mm-hmm. of ways. Right. So, you know, very similar was... to Rachel too. Cause she's, yeah, she's yeah. she has, a, I, yeah. I think it's a half sister, right? Yeah. Um, right. And, but she's, t- she's, she's basically an only child is what she always told me. So, well, yeah. And we'll certainly raised that way. I mean, then yeah. Sandy never lived in the, in the house mm-hmm. when Rachel was, you know, Sandy was gone by then. And yeah. by the time I was, you know, by the time I was uh, 12, my brother was gone yeah. out of the house too. So, and, and, and before that, um, busy doing his own thing. Right? Did it feel I like, I see a lot more him now. Did, did it before. feel like it was a, brother growing up or was it just like like an older friend or like a cousin because so, sometimes when I talk to people that have a big sibling age yeah. gap it's like oh they were kind of a sibling but 
Well, I felt like it was a sibling. Yeah. I mean, again, seven years is a big, is a, their interests were different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we, we shared interests in sports and those kind of yeah. things, but our opportunities, you know, you don't know, if he's 12, I'm, you know, I'm five. So we're not yeah. going to do, I'm, I'm probably more of a pain in the neck than <laughs> anything else. Right. Well, I'm the youngest kind of- too, as you know. So, I mean, we're the, I think the youngest have the most fun. I think yeah. we, I didn't actually know you were the youngest. So I guess that makes us <laughs> injured spirits really. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I maybe got away with more, but I was certainly more uh, rebellious and rambunctious than, than he. So, well, it's you too, still, <laughs> I've always said on the show, like you learn from them for better or for worse, even if it's not conscious, you're like unconsciously learning from them on everything they do if if they're doing something bad or good you're always kind of looking at them uh was that your experience too as much as i was uh smart enough to pay attention which (laughs) wasn't which wasn't very wasn't wasn't very much uh, Mm -hmm. i think Uh, i learned to pay attention later in life Uh, later than i should have but Mm. but i also had a you know i have a dear friend who's three years older than i am that that grew up in the neighborhood still certainly he's known me since I was two. So that's been a long time. And uh, so most of my friends in the neighborhood were older than I am. Yeah, uh, certainly. And even, even my, uh, with the exception of one, the, the, the people that I grew up with in school were always older than me too, six or seven months, which made a right. difference back then, you know, right. lots of ways, everybody, everybody could drive before I could and all the rest <laughs> of that. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. It feels like a lot older when you're that age. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Well, right. Yeah. Uh, And now you're like, I'm the youngest. I like be, I like being the younger one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't seem to matter. Right. Right. Whose ailment, whose ailment is worse. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Well, tell me, so what did your parents do growing up? My father uh, was a realtor. Uh, He had a real estate company that he, he worked for for years and then he bought when I was 15 and uh, ran that until his health got in the way of that. And my mother, uh, my mother stayed at home. Um, but she also, well, she, she also was a book. She was a bookkeeper for my grandfather's, okay. for her father's business. Mm-hmm. He had a, um, an auto parts store. So she took care of, uh, her mother really who had mm-hmm. severe arthritis by the time I was a little kid and, um, and was the bookkeeper there. So, yeah. Well, I, the reason why I ask sometimes with people is because a lot of the times when you're growing up as a kid, at least I've experienced and seen is that what your parents do or what they've done is kind of the only thing you think about of like, oh, what am I going to do? I guess because you're familiar with it's it's a familiar thing, what your parents di- do or did, or maybe sometimes friends' parents, too. Um, yeah. But did you ever gravitate towards anything like did you gravitate towards wanting to be a realtor at all? Well, I got a real estate license years oh, ago. Okay. Yeah. And I did that for a little while. Yeah. Just trying to, trying to find my way supplement, you know, that was kind of, you know, music was really, I really wanted to do. Right. Uh, right. I had more, more uh, interest, I think, than talent and, and, you know, talent is important, but it's never enough either. <laughs> you know, you've got to be, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of, invo- a lot of in- uh, things involved other than, uh, so, sometimes it's just hard like work luck, a lot of luck too, too right you gotta, well, you yeah. gotta be in the right place i mean i think you um, you know you increase your luck i mean mm-hmm. you, you know you're gonna hunt tigers you gotta go where the tigers are as they right. say right but, right right but it's you know that's a that's a tough uh, i had other things i was interested in too so mm. you know, uh, what were there any specific artists or you musicians that you remember that were like big influences on you uh, well, yeah, I mean, a, a lot, a lot of Christian artists, actually, uh, Russ Taft, Paul Smith, people like that, they're, they're incredible singers, but I mean, the usual, you know, Billy Joel and Elton John and those kind right. of those folks that I grew up with. And, and I listened to, even as a kid, listened to lots of, lots of different kinds of music, which I still do today. Engelbert Humperdinck, <laughs> which is, he's <laughs> one of my favorite singers and, uh, one of the greatest of all times, I think. Yeah, Isn't it kind of crazy? I, I had a, um, a guy on the show that was a is also a podcast like his job is is a podcaster and he said the thing about there's so many podcasts right now in the world that it's kind of like he was equating it to musicians that there's so Mm -hmm. many 
artists and musicians that you don't hear about and the same with podcasts that are just as good as the big ones but you just won't hear about them ever um yeah, well that's sure and it's kind of crazy even you know i just visited nashville and we saw we yeah, went right. to, uh, the bluebird cafe which i highly recommend yeah. going if you've ever yeah. i'm yeah. sure you know it um, yeah yeah oh, yeah <laughs> And we saw a like new songwriter, like a bunch of new songwriters and they were all incredible. And some of them had written songs for pretty well-known people. Yeah. That's, like, how, that's yeah. what you do, I guess, when you're there for a little right. bit, but um, yeah, it's just this, I'm sure you experience this town that is full of so many good musicians, but then maybe like 10 of them will make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors involved, but certainly. Mm -hmm you know, who you know is what you know a lot, a lot of it, but I mean, they're, you know, uh, you're right, there's a lot of talent there, a whole yeah. lot of it. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, so for you, was it, was Nashville just the place, like, you wanted to be as far as for it was, it is like that now, but I feel like to a certain extent now, like, you can kind of create anywhere and kind of make yeah, you it can, probably, yeah. anywhere, but was when, at the time, was Nashville just like the place everyone was going? Yeah, I mean, they're in LA and New York, right? right. I mean, now, mm -hmm. now it's expanded certainly to anywhere, Austin for one. But, you mm -hmm. know, people mm -hmm. don't even, I think people uh, record projects, not even in this, you know, they send files back and forth is kind of how it's been yeah. done for, yeah. from, I don't know as much about it as I knew 30 years ago mm -hmm. about how things were done. But yeah, certainly there was a lot going on there. And even, well, I think the majority of rock and roll records, you know, rock records were recorded in Nashville. 30 mm -hmm. plus years ago than anywhere else in the world too even la or new york so right right uh, I'm not, don't quote me on that that, that was something i had talked to somebody <laughs> about fact check. <laughs> yeah, yeah right so. <laughs> well i'm just wondering what do you look back on that like how how long did you stay in nashville and also like what do you look back on that experience do you look back on it fondly or do you were you like oh that was just a really rough time or well, a little bit of both yeah. yeah i was there the last time i was there i was only there six months time before that I was there a few months so I went, right. I went a couple of different times I did a couple of things I had an opportunity to do some things there which was great uh, but I, um, I I guess I learned uh, that I wasn't going to be as committed to uh, to the struggle as mm -hmm. I uh, as maybe I needed to be you know there right. were yeah, I wasn't as much of a musician as I was a singer so that's mm. a, I didn't have as much to offer so yeah yeah well and and it's it's too it's almost like because so many of the artists that we saw too are write their own songs and write for other people right. too if you don't yeah. have that gift because songwriting is very difficult it's uh, a writer's world as they yes, say yeah i mean yeah, yeah if you're not a good songwriter you you it's yeah. yeah it's hard to make it even with that and i had an opportunity to perform my song songs that i'd written on that was on be a star and yeah I got to sing on Grand Ole Opry, the oh, Grand Ole cool. Gospel Time, uh, which was pretty cool. Can we find that uh, on that YouTube? Was, or <laughs> I wish I could find it. It was I could, it was October of '93. I, I wish I could find it. It's pretty neat. And Jimmy Snow, Hank Snow's son, ran it then, and, and, and so it was it was it was fun. I had a lot of uh, opportunity to do those mm. to do different things. But yeah, it's certainly a writer's world down there. And mm. uh, uh, that's, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So what, let me tell, let me ask you, like, was there ever a time or space where you were like, after you kind of left doing the music thing and you realized maybe this isn't maybe the lifestyle or the, maybe the grid that you want, you had or the drive, maybe like, were you ever in like a lost space? Like, what am I going to do? Or were you, did you gravitate towards being in mental health or what did that, what does that look like? Yeah, that was something I, I had, uh, the last time I moved to Nashville, I had a degree in psychology. I had graduated okay. from, you know, I had managed to do that over the, that was a, that wasn't a, that wasn't a straight line, but even mm -hmm. all of that, uh, you know, e e even all of that was certainly something that I think helped. Right. I mean, I, I went to school as a music major first uh, and, um, and that about, towards the end of the first year they invited me not to come back because i you know oh I my goodness in class, 
going to class wasn't really then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cramping yeah. my style. So anyway, I stayed out of school for and did lots of things. I was a bartender, drove a limousine, did all mm. kinds of stuff. Ran my own DJ business. I did all kinds of things. So and then wait, uh, let me pause you there. So do you yeah. ever do you see a correlation with being a bartender and a counselor? Because <laughs> I definitely, as someone that's never bartended, I'm like, maybe if I ever give up mental health, I'll just go be a bartender because it's basically the same. <laughs> Well, maybe to some degree. I think I, I most of my bartending career was a as a service bartender. So mm-hmm. I worked in a in the uh, I worked at a tobacco company restaurant, and I, there's a bar on the third floor that's a, called the Crow's Nest. Yeah. So I made drinks for for all the servers mostly. So I didn't really interact with <laughs> the public that much. I it did well. I did on some occasions, but that was I enjoyed that the most because yeah. I like working as part of the team of those folks. But. Mm. But so I guess there's some similarities. <laughs> it's a little cheaper maybe for the client. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. Depending yeah. on. They don't, uh, they don't maybe don't remember eventually. That's true. Uh, that's true. Anything, anything that's talked about. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's interesting. So what kind of led you into kind of being more interested into psychology or mental health? I, I, I don't know, relating to people, well, like, you know, the old heal thyself kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Curiosity, I think, about my, just about relating to people. Yeah. And my own, um, and, um, and, and, and well, I guess that's probably it. That's mm-hmm. how, you know, and wanting to help people. I mean, I, I, you know, law school was something that crossed my mind and mm-hmm. wasn't sure I had, you know, what it took for that. <laughs> what it takes for that but yeah. counseling is something that i've been interested in so i um that's what when i left nashville to come home back to back to virginia i it was to go to school basically to go to school and get married <laughs> what, what was so this was like the early 90s right yeah this was 93 what was like the mindset of mental health then because i'm sure it was very different than it is now <laughs> Well, I, I, it's good. That's hard to define. I think I, um, you, we hope, one hopes that there's less of a stigma, mm-hmm. you know, on mental health. Um, yeah. um, I don't know that I, I see people more willing to talk about it, you know, and you see, well, over, over the course of the last, um, well, even with the Olympics, right? Mm. That's her name, Simone. Yeah, all Simone this, Miles, I mean, this right. kind, of, yeah, this, this, you know, uh, that's certainly a, a big step. I think that mm. you know, people can yeah. be, people can be, um, but you know, it's sometimes enough is enough, right? And that there's a, you know, we're not machines, right, right, <laughs> and that you know that you, that you know you can have struggles uh, of any kind. I mean, anxiety. Everybody's got anxiety. It's a matter of degree, frankly, mm. right. And you know, yeah. certain things make that better or worse. So, I mean, yeah. we're all a lot more a lot more alike than we are different in that regard. Mm-hmm. But so I, I think there's been more ex- willingness to talk about it and acknowledge that it exists, and that you know, and then their brain, that our head and our body are not separate things, right? Yeah. Too, and that yeah. there's a connection there, and that so, um, you know, I, I hope that's different. I, I see. Uh, I see a lot of people more interested or more more willing to pursue therapy maybe than they might have been before. Yeah. Yeah. There's, again, less of a stigma in regard to to how people are labeled, right? Or mm-hmm. diagnosed. Diagnoses right. and diagnoses and labels are are really just, you know, as you know, jargon for clinicians to talk. Right. Pe- right. People aren't labels and diagnoses. So mm. that's that's not yeah. who people are. We could talk about DSM five probably for two hours. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 lots of things we see though aren't in that book right yeah uh, yeah that's the tr- and that's the that's the you know that's that's the thing so mm-hmm. well it's interesting too i think i've said this on the show before i don't know but there's a couple things in there of like it, it the stigma of it really also too depends on like the area and the the area you're in the culture you're in like the community sure. i guess you're in but also um of like the media presence that throughout the past 20 years of how much because you know for better or for worse we take in a lot of things from media and you know entertainment and whatever and all of that, on movies. right right and all of that and that has become more of a 
mental health has become more of an open thing in that in that space too so i think and social media too you know i mean social media we can also talk about for a long time i'm sure but it's i i've even heard now like having having younger some younger clients telling me oh i found this you know, someone talking about mental health on TikTok and I thought, oh, I relate to that. And so that's why I started coming to like get treatment. So even that I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. Like, that's interesting. I would have never thought yeah. that, but. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, depending on, right. I mean, I think people certainly family or your environment, as you were saying, mm-hmm. can dictate whether or not that's an acceptable thing or not an right. acceptable thing right. or, or a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or not a real thing, yeah. which may sound yeah. strange, but I mean, I certainly heard that over the course of my time doing this work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, people don't believe depression's real or whatever. You know, people right. believe all kinds of things or don't believe right. all kinds of things. Right. That, that too is. Um, well, there's an aspect too thing. of like, and I still hear this even of like, I don't want my kid just to be stuck, like slapped with medication, and that's all it is like I actually like so I think there's even that concern with if we're just talking about like parents and kids of like yeah I don't want I don't want there to just be medication thrown at it and that's the solution I think there's there I'm I'm sure I don't know if you find parents being worried about that but well I think yeah uh, I I don't see kids uh, but I do see that as I mean I do see adults uh that I see, obviously, that medicine is, you know, medicine, you know, I mean, we can argue how much people need medicine in regard to whatever the diagnosis might be, but I don't prescribe medicine, obviously, and I think certainly, it's certainly a very good adjunct, uh, and I think that in, it it can be very critical in providing a flooring for people to get some traction, to you know when things are situationally overwhelming that mm-hmm. you know that the idea behind the therapy is to try to you know to 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 broaden their perspective about things in their life right in mm-hmm. ways that they might be able to have some influence mm-hmm. if not control over them in the ways that, that maybe the medicine that's not something they need anymore yeah yeah depending on what's you know i mean certainly with add or other things that can be critical right. to keep people focused right mm-hmm. Th- mm-hmm. thankfully it's here yeah I almost look at it at least how I with medication is like if if the doctor is like a parent and you have like different children like what works for one child will not you know even like for instance like the way you discipline like the way you discipline for one child isn't going to work for the other so it's kind of like the same with medication like it's just specific to whatever that person needs like it may not work for but unfortunately when you get I'm sure you know when you get insurance involved it becomes messy (laughs) Oh, that's certainly, it certainly, it does. Yeah. It can be more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to ask, so I guess, have you always worked, is uh, our adults primarily have been your kind of focus or have you worked with other areas of, of demographics or what is that, what does that look like? Oh yeah. As a kind of a brief history, I I worked, um, um, my first job was working at a residential unit. Mm. Um, I worked at Poplar Springs, actually. So we had 50, I worked on it, worked with kids, the uh, kids that were there for some of them, you know, months, like 10 yeah. months, 11 months, you yeah. know, and would leave and then come, uh, you know. Mm. So I did that for a while. When I, that was before grad school. When I went back to grad school, I did in own counseling with folks. And then I worked at a federal prison, which is not somewhere you want to be. Wow. I didn't do that yeah. terribly long because it was too, because I, uh, it was too far to try. I worked it on at Greenville uh, Correctional down at Jarrett. Well, so, probably draining uh, too. Like, yeah, yeah. So I was an, I was. Uh, that's uh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting place. I worked on. They had a mental health unit there that I worked on. <laughs> worked with great folks, but <clears throat> you know, uh, very unwell folks. That's mm. just a very hard to see. Uh, mm-hmm. But. Um, and then after that, I did some, some testing with Gulf War folks, back to work in disability stuff. And, and right. then, um, then I went back to working in a psychiatric hospital and I worked there for many years. I did work uh, there mm. to go into private practice 12 years ago. So Okay. 
So I worked so, with kids in, or earlier, and then when I was at Poplar Springs, I worked with kids, uh, excuse me, at Tucker Pavilion, I worked with kids a little yes, bit, but then okay. I worked mostly mostly with adults and for many years, geriatric folks working with fam, families with dementia. Uh, I think when I met Rachel, I think I knew you were at Tucker, but, or knew, yeah, yeah, yeah knew of that. Yeah, I left the hospital and went to the clinic and worked there mm-hmm. for the last mm-hmm. 11 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure that there's an aspect of during those, you know, that we're even working in the prison or some of the residential facilities of, and I'm sure it's like that even in private practice of burnout and how you, you know, getting through hard and difficult days. Are there anything in any things in particular that got you through like difficult times? Um, not it's, uh... I guess when I worked in facilities, I would, you know, uh, I, I was always appreciative that I had a key and I could leave, right? <laughs> which was, yeah, which wasn't something that anybody else had uh, that mm. was there, you know. Um, but I, I mean, uh, it's, um, it's certainly a lot of challenges. I just think that um, trying to be um, compassionate, right? And um, well, you know, I, I can tell you that I've been working in mental health many years. There are a lot of people that shouldn't be working in mental health. Right. not necessarily a lot but i mean it would see people that would you know you, you can't in a facility in particular mm. you can't take things personally right mm-hmm. i mean you have to have some objectivity that this person's you you can't be so held bent on controlling somebody else's behavior that you take their own you know responsibility away yeah. from them mm-hmm. or, or make it about yourself or get yourself all in a been out of shape mm. Does it make sense? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, yeah. so, I mean, then, so it takes a certain kind of personality to be able yeah. to, to, um, you know, try to set boundaries with folks, but not be controlling, mm. you know, even if you were, you know, in some ways responsibility for their well, responsible for their well being. You know? Well, were there any days for you that you were like, maybe this isn't the right, you know, place for me? Um, well, yeah, I think that's, you know, I mean, there's like, those days aren't as many anymore, but you yeah. know, like, what am I doing? Well, you know, yeah. Well, who thought this was a good idea? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> what made you, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, once you're through a certain amount of schooling, hopefully that knowledge will help you in certain situations, but there's also some things you just gain from experience, right? Well, yeah, I think most of it's from experience, right? You know, and the, as the saying goes, in theory, there's no difference between uh, theory and practice, uh, but in practice, there's a hell of a lot of difference, right? right. So it's right. like the, the experience is really, uh, you know, and that and that's I think another part of it is that the, you, you, you know, there's the, the education provides parameters, but that you have mm. to be open to the experience because you know the that that's where it is, right, with the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's ever sitting across from you that's right. you know they're 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 like yeah they're not a diagnosis and they're not a set of symptoms they're human right mm. right right so was there anything in particular when if you had those thoughts of like oh what am i doing here like what it why what maybe i shouldn't be here like what kind of made you keep going like or you know keep pursuing it uh, well, that doesn't stick around long, maybe. So that's a good thing. Right? Yeah. I mean, I know, tomorrow's another day, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, trying to gain some perspective on that, and you know, see you know, what that was about, uh, kind of ferret out whether that was my own interaction or whether that was situational, or you know, what mm-hmm. part I played in it, or what I could do about it, right? Mm-hmm. Or whether it was just a byproduct of this is how this goes. You know, you've got to you know alter your expectation or approach this differently and um, or what might I do differently next time yeah yeah I guess that mindset of like everything's kind of a learning experience regardless of of whether it's uh, yeah positive or negative <laughs> yeah I mean I learn I mean I learn a lot from every day from the people that come to my office too you know mm. I mean, that's that's an exciting piece of this is that mm. you know it certainly isn't the boring certainly isn't the same yeah. thing every day yeah and uh, you know i never know what i'm going to learn from somebody too mm. you know mm. maybe even about myself by sitting with them mm. <clears throat> what do you see with your time working with kids and now working 
with adults, like, obviously, I'm sure there are a lot of differences in the maybe, um, I guess, things they're going through. But what what are some of the, I don't know, I'm sure there's big, broad differences, but are there any things that jump out at you as far as the differences between the two of working with both of them? Well, it's been a long time since I worked with kids many <laughs> years ago, but I mean, but I think, you know, um, even as adults, um, we can still feel like we are restricted by the things that the heck we experience as kids. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That's a big piece of, you know, well, this may be kind of how you grew up and what you learned, but <clears throat> that might've been maybe even adaptive strategy back then, but it doesn't fit right. New, mm-hmm. new map, n- new map for a new territory. So there's a part yeah. of that. I think that's uh, so I guess, you know, we e- e- even adults can be stuck in that kind of way. So there's yeah. a part of, uh, yeah. you know, kid, kid, we weren't kids. We don't have a whole lot of choice. Uh, right. and when we're right. adults, we have a lot more choices, but that doesn't mean we feel like it or that mm. we recognize that and so that, mm. that's a big exciting part of this work and i think still kind of well or no, or we know how to it. make the right ones right <laughs> right yeah well i mean that's trial and error right i mean right. that's a big piece of it right so yeah yeah the mistakes we make aren't nearly as important as the lessons that we learn from making them right mm. Well, and the mistakes you make are so much bigger because you're, it's all on you. It's not, if, if you're a kid, it can, you can blame it on siblings or you can blame it on <laughs> parents. But when it's, when you're an adult, it's like, oh, this is my action, my choice. Like, <laughs> well, that's right. That, that's, that's true. That's a lot of responsibility, but there's also a lot of liberation in that too. Right? Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we can, just because we can make the choices doesn't mean we know how to make the good ones. Right. But right. that's right. the other part of it. Right. But making the good decisions has to do with recognizing and learning from the bad ones we made. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I want to ask. I don't know if 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 maybe we kind of touched on this already, but like, what have you? What is the biggest difference maybe you've seen of people working with clients from when you first started versus? kind of things that you're working with now are there big differences or is it have you seen a general trend over the time that you've worked or well i I think it's um i mean certainly the context can be uh can change but i think you know people's struggles are with other people in their life Mm -hmm. relationships that really doesn't change yeah it really doesn't change. I mean, it can be relationships, you know, sometimes more of a relationship with work than someone, but mm-hmm. the relationship at work has to do with these people at work mostly, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Or someone at work. So mm-hmm. it's typically, you know, relationships. That, um, um, so that, that, I don't, that's kind of what I've recognized is yeah. not, not really not much in, maybe you know kind of variations on that theme but not really much different yeah how we relate and be in in the world i guess with other people <laughs> yeah well that's, that's right you know some days that's easier than others right sure you, right you know, yeah you know, whether it's the you know the, the county or the neighborhood or the house right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely or you know the news that we're reading every day or the yeah whatever well that's right (laughs) yeah i I try to limit my exposure to that (laughs) at least the television news i know right i know i get that Um, well tell me what are what are some things if we're getting into kind of the weeds of what you do with therapy like what is your I know there's different approaches to it. I know like CBT is really popular right now. Like how do you, what is your kind of way or kind of way into it, I guess? Well, I use, uh, I mean, certainly the interpersonal approach is, is I mean, it's a relationship, the old saying the relationship that heals. And I think that's true, yeah. but, and that's a process, not an event, but uh, CBT is certainly something that I use. I mean, then the guy that, you know, we, the idea that thoughts, our thoughts drive our feelings and our feelings drive our behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And that our, that our thoughts can be distorted, right? And they can also be monitored and altered, right? And changing mm-hmm. the way we think about things can change the way which we feel about things. And then, right. you know, the consequently change the way in which we might, you know, behave. So, mm-hmm. or what we might mm-hmm. do. So 
so that's an important, certainly an important thing. Um, but you know, again, I think that um, uh, there's a you know, bit of an existentialist. I think you know, encouraging people to be their own. I, I don't. I don't certainly don't tell people what to do. But <laughs> I, I'm a big. I'm a big fan of you know uh, uh, accountability and responsibility mm. in regard to you know. I think that is about setting people free too, right? I mean, being mm. responsible. Uh, it, it involves not being responsible for what you're not responsible for right? and giving right. that responsibility back to whoever's responsibility it is mm-hmm. and you know lightening your load in that way or you know about boundaries right boundaries mm-hmm. and, and limits in that regard but you know broadening your perspective about you know is this being done to me or am I doing this to myself I think yeah. the storylines we tell ourselves and whether they are true or not mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a a therapist say once kind of relating to that of like um, kind of anxieties or worries or whatever of like this there's like a problem she said it like there's a problem box and these are the problems that you have and you need to fix but then if you feel like there's other people like those are their problems like that's their problem box. Um, yeah that's rather than, that's, well that's a boundaries you know, around that right yes yes right. that's right i mean yeah. that's right where where i end and you begin mm-hmm. is an important place yeah <laughs> to recognize once like my wife and i use it all the time we're like yeah. you know if someone will say something to us or a family member so we're like oh that's their problem box we don't need to worry about it like that's not our problem anymore yeah well that's a very healthy response but yeah. a lot of people don't have it right right a lot of people right. grow up thinking that you know you're responsible for how i feel right look mm-hmm. what you did to me look look how you make you know that kind of thing and so, but again if you I, like what we were talking about earlier like if you think about it like growing up like there's to a certain extent like you feel like you're not responsible for your own feelings or whatever because it's like you're just a kid like you're just like you don't really know how what it even is going on you're still learning so much you're still a sponge so as you as you grow up as you grow into adulthood it's almost like oh I guess I am like these are like my feelings and or you know what are how to even put up boundaries or anything like that I'm sure is what you see in a lot of clients too well it's hard I mean it's hard to be and and a parent I think you know being you know to be it's a hard it's a hard gig right to to encourage a child's industry and independence Right. All, all the while providing firm, clear, consistent, appropriate limits, right? One of them to be able to, I mean, you know, there's, there's parameters in which they can operate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and giving them that freedom is, is part of teaching them accountability and responsibility. Right. Without, without right. you know, without and not shaming them or, you know, or, you know, taking over, right? I think, you know, Rachel was a kid. We didn't, you know, care whether her socks matched or anything. It doesn't, right, you know, right. it doesn't make any difference. It's not, that's not worth having, it. that's not worth getting upset about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, Did you ever feel as a parent, like being a therapist, like not overly being like, okay, let's sit down and talk about, like being the therapist rather than like being the dad. Like, it, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I well, I certainly tried not to do that either, right? right? I mean, in regard, I mean, certainly her, her, her mother was is good at, at trying to get Rachel in this particular instance to talk about her feelings, right. or to, you know, express herself, or you know, and we, you know, listening without mm. being so concerned about, um, you know, a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of parents are overly concerned with what things look like or what people are going to think right we all we all we all are worried about what people are going to right, think the only right, person that right. says they're not worried about what other people think is not being honest yeah it's my opinion mm. i mean if we, we all worry about that to, to maybe a lesser degree uh, at mm. times in our lives but i mean that's a that's a big issue right you know what what, what are people going to think so but yeah. um that letting that go is an important part of not trying to to control somebody mm-hmm. i actually <laughs> it's, of, it's risky I had a professor in college say like first day of class, like some, I think it was like a, like a general psych class or something. I can't remember, but he said, um, people don't think about you as much as you think they do. Like when they were too worried about themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Especially as someone when, you know, when you're in 
college, you're coming out of high school and that's like all you think about in high school is like, what, what are people thinking about lately? Like I walk into a room and you're like, what is that person thinking about me? What is this person? Not that that goes away when you're an adult, but like you said, it comes and goes. So. Yeah. yeah, It becomes less of a, I mean, it becomes less of a factor in what you might do or how much attention you give it. I mean, for me personally, I've just, now that I'm 25, I'm like, I don't care what people, I'm just like, whatever. I'll wear, I'll wear slippers to the grocery store. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, even if they have an opinion, how much does that affect your life? Right. right. I mean, so what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have some, I mean, otherwise, you know, right. You have to uh, let other people yeah. dictate, you know, that doesn't mean you uh, yeah. Where, you know, you need to wear clothes at this store, but nobody gives what's on right, your feet. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, that's why I hate this is now we're just talking about like I hate um four-way stops, but every time I'm at one, I'm like every every time if I'm like doing it right or the other person isn't, then I'm and I leave and I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm not gonna see that person ever again. Like <laughs> I made it through. That's it. Yeah. Right. yeah. This will be over soon. Right. I'll just yeah. I'll just wait till nobody else moves, maybe, and then mm-hmm. I'll go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a big problem, especially in the South. It's like, you know, we'll be nice. We'll let people go. And then, you know, it turns into a mess. And then, yeah. Right. <laughs> I digress. I digress. Um, well, I want to ask you, what do you, what maybe if someone is listening to this and is like maybe skeptical about going to counseling or, um nervous or anxious about it like what what words would you say to them about it well i I, well i would i would encourage them to to find somebody to to talk to and when they do to talk about that Mm -hmm. uh, that there's a you know i think certainly people don't there has to be some sense of curiosity about your own self or therapy doesn't really help. Right. Mm. But I mean, people are skeptical, skeptical for different reasons. Right. And I think that, uh, yeah. you know, it takes a lot of courage to come talk to somebody you've never seen before about what's going on in your life. Right. Recognizing that that is, you know, like I said before, a process, not an event mm. that, you know, um, that it's, it's, um, that, it, you know, you don't have to, and certainly that sometimes, you know, anxiety is increased a little bit before it gets better. Right. But I think that it's have to be able to, a lot of people, um, well, maybe a lot of people who don't have people they can trust in their life. So it's difficult right. to, right. to do that. Or, or, you know, there may be variation, various reasons why they are skeptical. Uh, and it's certainly not a cure all. Right. I think the idea is that, you know, it's, um, there's an opportunity to to you know like i said before broaden your perspective and and, and make you know see what's running the show if you will and whether mm. you know like i was saying is this being done to me or am i how am i participating in, the, in, in this yeah. just right. like how anything, much are you putting like, into it right right yeah well, well you know what you know in any situation we're participating the degree mm-hmm. to which we are participating and yeah. recognizing that that's the occasion for the opportunity to do something else Right. Uh, you know, now they'd be able to, a long answer for that question, but I think you know they, the only you have to have an experience. I mean, you can talk, certainly talk to people that have had it. And you might get, you know, some people's experiences aren't so good. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that that's not yeah. the only experience out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I wonder too. I'm sure for some people it's almost easier to talk to someone they don't have never even met before versus maybe someone that's close to them about a lot of things. And then for some people, it's probably the opposite. Like, yeah, well, I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, again, as I tell folks, you know, what goes on in this room stays in this room, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's sometimes we don't understand how we feel about something until we have to put words to it or we hear it come out of our mouth and being right. able to do that in a place where there's not going to be a consequence, a negative mm-hmm. consequence, nobody's going to hold it against you. Nobody's going to re- throw it up in your face. Nobody's going to never forget Right. Yeah. Men, you know, yeah. so it's an opportunity to take things out and look at them in ways that, you know, you might not get somewhere else without, you know, mm. yeah. yeah. Oh, lightning was super for listeners yeah. at home. I started this podcast. I don't know if it's raining where you are, but no, it's sun's out. sun's out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Literally when we started this, you know, almost an hour ago, it was complete sunlight. And now it's like thunder and lightning where I am. So uh, if y'all hear uh, uh, thunder in the background, then it'll just be a little 
you know, flavor for the podcast. Is <laughs> that in my stomach growling? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I did want to ask you too. What maybe is there anything maybe you would tell like day one Tim of working in mental health that maybe you've learned since working in this field for you know twenty years? Uh, well, um, I think I had some good teachers. You know, I, I, I work in working in mental health, working in the hospitals before I had a lot of responsibility got me an opportunity to see how other how other people behaved. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so patience, I think was a big, is a big piece of it. And, you know, and like I said before, um, not taking things personally, now there's a couple of, uh, commitments or, or, you know, that I kind of made to myself when I started doing this many years ago and understanding that, you know, I can take my patients or my clients no further than I'm willing to go myself. Mm -hmm. Right. So there has to be some authenticity. You can't, I don't tell people what to do, but I think people know when, you know, you may be, um, inauthentic, I guess. I've lived it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, of, you know, for better or worse, uh, uh, the struggles I've had is, you know, as, as minor as the, a lot of them may have been. Getting in my own way, I mean, mm. uh, is has taught me a lot. Mm. Uh, and you know, the other is, you know, I'm never let my advocacy get in the way of my clinical judgment, right? Mm. So certainly, this is an advocacy position too, right? But we right. you know, have to be able to recognize when. You know, uh, it's we have to. It's we we are not. We are responsible for our interaction, but we're not responsible for people, right? So we can't. Sometimes we people do things we wish they wouldn't, and don't do things mm-hmm. we wish they would, and yeah, and all of that. So yeah, you know, those things I would remind myself. But I think before it was uh, the patience, uh, mm-hmm. and that you know that this is a that, that this the exciting part is that uh, you know I'll never learn enough. <laughs> It's, Absolutely. You know, growth, yeah. growth and, and, you know, I uh, can always learn mm. more about myself and about this work uh, mm. every day. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is the same answer, but it might be, but do you have any maybe advice for people that may be looking to go into the mental health field? Maybe it's private practice work or maybe it's working in a hospital or I don't know if it's different or if it's the same of what you just said, but what does that look like? Well, I mean, I, I, um, I think you've, you've got to have the experience, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's just, I mean, if you're interested, you know, you, you're not going to know until you, you know, jump in mm. and agree to what you're, you're allowed to, but I yep. think, um, they, they have, if you're interested, pursue it, right. Find yeah. out what, you know, consider what you might want to do and then find out who's doing it and how they got there. How do you think you know if you're not good at it? Like you said, there's a there's some people that are not good at it. Like, are there any like well, things you can look for? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what kind of kind of what I meant by that was that there are personality types that are that are not really uh, I, I don't that are not really uh, uh, better suited to you know, again, people's struggles, right? Whether there's no patience or they take things personally or there's, or they, you know, uh, certainly been around folks, uh, been a long time, but who would make situations worse, not better. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, uh, um, you know, you might not, might not be something you find out until somebody points it out to you. (laughs) Absolutely. But a lot of times that, you know, a lot of times quite frankly, to be that those were nurses that were really med surgeon nurses that were moved into psych and that really right. was a passion. Right. So yeah. that, that's kind of, or people that were mental health techs that yeah. were looking for money and mm-hmm. not, you know, right. I mean, sometimes the job's a job to people. And this is, yeah. Yeah. this is, it has to be more than that because as you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, some days it's like, man, yeah, I'd rather mm-hmm. put, things in a box because right. on a assembly line because that's easier than dealing with you know well you have to love it too i mean i've talked to people in that are in social work on the show and and they don't i mean if you're in it they've they said it themselves like if you're in it for the money like don't do this job well, no, like like yeah. <laughs> yeah. like take a vow of poverty to, mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's yeah there's there's uh I mean, there's certainly more lucrative careers, that's right. for sure. 
Right. But I don't know that there are any more rewarding ones. Than that. Right. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, we've come to the end of the show and I do, of course, right. listen, listeners know I do ask every guest uh, two questions at the end of the show. Uh, the yeah. first one being, Tim, if I was able one day, not right now, but maybe one day to uh, hand you a blank check and say, use this towards your passion. How would you use that? I mean, other than expensive cowboy boots. Yeah, right. yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I, I think uh, research and education. You know, that makes sound like a Miss America answer, but the truth, is, you know, cancer research, re, you know, healthcare, access to healthcare, mm. and education, and access to education. Those things are certainly the education piece of it is yeah. very dear to me. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, knowledge, right? Knowledge is power in that regard. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm. to, to change things for the better, right? Mm-hmm. Progress. Mm. would you say just in general or for for yourself or just for for like starting education more accessibility to education or yeah right yeah, yeah and or re- and, you know research mm-hmm. for you know whether it's, yeah. I mean, we, there's lots of things that um certainly shorten people's lives right or, right. or disrupt their well-being and yeah the better we might you know the more we can do to you know to limit that, that would be, you know, certainly the better, right? Mm, yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, well, the second one being, of course, what is something or it can be multiple things. It is up to you. What is something that you're loving right now? Well, I think the, the new music that's out, really, it's kind of what I'm loving now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back to the music piece. I'm listening to Allie and AJ's new album. And oh, Yeah. Gary Allen's new album and John Mayer's Sob Rock's album and Matt Carney's new album. Those albums had come out in the last several months. Do you Clay like Walker's John Mayer's new album? album? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I like John Mayer a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all really good. The Allie and AJ album is really, really good. And, oh, that's uh, good to know. Matt, I actually Matt haven't Carney. heard it yet. So I'll have yeah, to well, it's, it. Yeah, it's got a, the title's like a mile long, yeah. but it's, it's, it's really, really good. Matt Carney's new album, January Flower, is great. Mm. Uh, that's a really good album. Mm. Um, and, um, so I think I said Clay that's Walker's awesome. got a new album out. So that, those are the things I'm you know, kind of yeah. in love with now. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I also answer this question because uh, I love ending the show on some fun positivity things. Yeah. I am loving a lot of things. You know, I was going to say the weather too, but uh, it's pouring down rain right now. But <laughs> maybe it'll bring coolness with it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I actually am going to say I recently finished, often I do kind of give a recommendation of a show I've been watching or something I've been watching. I just finished this show. It's it's a little bit older. It, it I think it finished, well, not older, it came out this year, but you know, what's old now? Um, yeah, it, right. it, it finished, I think, in May or April or something like that. Anyway, it's called Cruel Summer um it's on it's on hulu it was on freeform but it's the it's all on hulu right now uh and it's it's a very fascinating look at um trauma and um how it's how it kind of affects these two girls in high school and it's told through three different summers one in 93 one in 94 and one in 95 um, and each, um, this basically it's about this girl that gets kidnapped and then she comes back and the other girl, um, that she knew, uh, she, the girl that gets kidnapped accuses her of seeing her while she was in the house and not saying anything about it. And, um, basically then the story unfolds and there's a lot of other things that happens too, but it's extremely fascinating. They, I mean, if you, of course, I, I would say if this is something that is triggering to you, do not watch it. Um, there's a lot of warnings on the episodes and, and you know, places to call and, and stuff like that. But it's a, just a very interesting look at um, they don't really tell the, the story side of the abuser. It's really all about these girls and like what they experienced and Anyway, yeah i really enjoyed it it's it's i i think i finished in like two days it's like a really quick it's 10 episodes but i i was like so encaptured that i was like i gotta know what happens next <laughs> yeah, that's how they get you right yeah. 
Yeah. So I recommend that guy. I'm loving that right now uh, among a lot of other things, but go check that out um, as well. So, yeah. All right. Well, Tim Jones, thank you so much for being on the show, taking the time. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure. Um, If you, I, I will say too, you know, if you guys are, if you're struggling with mental health, if you're, if you're, you know, want to find a place if you're in the Richmond area, you know, there are a lot of resources. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll put those in the show notes below. Um, j- even maybe just how to find a therapist in your area. Maybe people don't even know how to do that. So I'll put that down below. Um, you know, I'm passionate about mental health. So I'm, th- I'm thankful you were able to take yeah. out the time today. No, I appreciate it again. That's that's an honor to be here. I appreciate you asking. Of course, of course. You guys know the drill. Uh, Of course, follow us on social media, passionproject.pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that fun stuff. Um, You guys can support the show now if you feel so inclined to. That's all down in the show notes below. And yeah, thank you again. (laughs) Thanks, Taylor. (laughs) Yep. We will see you guys next time. (laughs) 